everyone. Welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors, or true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Uh, it's going excellent. Thank you, Caitlin. Mm. I'm drinking my number one drink, and <gasps> I've had several. So, well, two, but okay, I'm having a great two, time yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, two stiff ones. Come on, yeah. <laughs> sounded bad. Yeah. Oh Lord. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm sure I'll, I'm jealous, but I'm just drinking espresso martini, keeping it classy, but still, mm. oh, it's so rich. And I love a good espresso martinis. Okay. But the, this time is Michelle's top 10. So we did mine last episode. Now it's Michelle. So Michelle, please grace us with your top 10. With my list. That's um, right. Do I think you're going to be jealous of a couple of these? Yeah. Like, like I forgot about them. Yeah, like I don't know how they didn't make it onto your list, frankly. Oh, one okay. in particular. I'll Okay. We'll see if you see it when you or like guess it when we okay. get there. Let's see. Okay. Number 10, lavender gimlets. We had Ooh. those on episode 126, not sure what tomorrow brings, and they were delicious. And they were like very Instagram worthy. Like yeah. we put them the lavender and the lime and the whole thing. So those were super pretty and super mm-hmm. delicious. Number nine, Hennessy and apple juice. That was one that I was like, I, it was a listener suggestion. Mm-hmm. We got it. I was like, that's going to be fucking disgusting. I don't want to drink it. I'm kind of annoyed with you right now, Caitlin. And then we had it and it was super good. And I think I drank a shit ton. I haven't really been able to afford Hennessy since. <laughs> So I keep like, but I always think that I want to have it again. So we had that one on episode 104, A Dangerous Ride. I took all the, um, I always like your titles, so. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, so nice. All right. Number eight, homemade eggnog with a white Christmas (laughs) booze in it. Is that the one? That was the one. um, No, I meant like for me, I love that eggnog. Yeah, well, that was the one that had the raw eggs, and you were like, what oh, is happening? And then right. you found the white Christmas, and mm. oh, it was like a match made in heaven. So, oh, I didn't write down the actual number. It's just on Lost Souls. It's one of the Christmas episodes. I'll put it in the notes. Okay. Thank you, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. All right. Number seven. Bum, bum, bum. Sparkling caramel apple cider. Pretty much as soon as the caramel and apple juice slash apple cider mix, I'm the caramel vodka and the apple cider. Yum, 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 yum. That one was too good. That one, yeah. that, yeah, yeah, that was really well, good. You couldn't even taste any alcohol in it at all. Mm-hmm. It just tasted like even more delicious apple juice. So yeah, that was a yum one. That was on number 83, Crushed and Toxic Fumes. i know like i need to go back and listen to a lot of these again (laughs) all right number six new orleans fizz this was Mm. that sort of orange with the egg whites i forget what was all in it but it was it would be like a perfect brunch drink it almost tasted like orange yogurt super Mm -hmm. good that was episode 70 share my location Mm. all right number five Spiced rum and vanilla coke. You knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Another listener suggestion. Yeah. That was another one. I was like, uh, gross. 
Caitlin, I'm annoyed that you're making me drink this. And it was super good. And just like, and I think we got pretty hammered because those were super easy to drink, if I recall. (laughs) They were too easy to drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was episode 61, Poisoned and Left for Dead. Mm. I know. Another good one. Okay. Number four, Blackberry Basil Lemonades. Oh, that's the one. Oh my gosh. How could I forget that? Oh my gosh, I did. I totally forgot about it. I did too. It did not make my original top 10. And then I was like going through and trying to figure out what episode went with what drink. And I was like, oh, those were so good. Oh, Dang. those were so delicious. So that was episode 113, Drugged and Dropped. Yeah, those. Oh, yep. so refreshing. Oh, yeah. Like, I just can't wait for summer now just for those. All right, number three, adult butterbeer. So ah. this is the first butterbeer, like the cold one, we made a warm one later. This cold one, I think I've made like 6,000 times since. Um, mm-hmm. That's a popular one. I actually forgot to get the episode number for that one. So great. Okay. I'll uh, put it in. <laughs> all right, number two, of course, the cantaloupe, but yes. I did it with a twist. Because I do like it. It's the cantaloupe, but it has a little bit of seven up in it. And mm. I like mine a little bit, I don't know, not quite as strong, maybe. Yeah. You okay. know, or maybe I just want the cantaloupe to last even longer. So I just mm. want to add a little bit something else. Uh, and that was on episode 50, Stabbed in the Heart, and the Dear David ep- update. All right, number one. Boom, 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 boom. The pink starburst, of course. Of course. Thank you to your sister for giving us the most amazing drink recipe ever. Alyssa, Alyssa. Thank you. So Joel heard I was making this and he got like super excited. He's like, (laughs) I just got way better. (laughs) This was like way back episode 12. Again, I think the drunkest I've ever been on the podcast. Mm -hmm. that one the title of that one is jessica and kitty oh and so i'm drinking that now let's see so i took uh i made a double so i did a whole lemon that Mm -hmm. i like cut up and washed really well and then i put probably about an ounce and a half of simple syrup muddled all that together and then filled the glass with ice and did like two shots of watermelon pucker two shots i did whipped vodka i think Mm. we've done it with whip we've done it with watermelon we've done it with everything so some kind of vodka in there and then um i actually topped this one off with a little sparkling water love it i just wanted it to last a little bit longer Mm -hmm. (laughs) just so good it is really good. I, I figured out I just love pucker. Pucker is just really good. You have a little bit of pucker and boom, you can have yourself like a yummy cocktail. Yeah. Pop a little vodka with it, put a little sparkling soda, a little Sprite, a little whatever. Boom. Mm-hmm. Delicious drink. There we go. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, that was a great top 10, Michelle. That was a great top 10. Oh. Well, the ones I didn't mention oh. that got bumped were grasshoppers. Because mm. those were super, if you recall. I do. Of course, Five Farms. Yes. Shots. 
that just sort of goes without saying that's like Mm -hmm. a number one number one you know what i mean and then martinis oh yeah i always love you love a dirty martini girl oh extra dirty you know me (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. you guys will have to you know check out those drinks tell us what you think we did have a listener last time try the cantaloupe they actually blended up the cantaloupe and they message us and we just love to hear that you actually love these recommendations so if Uh you want to like say you love it we love to hear that we absolutely love to hear that so thank you that listener indeed well and we're always like happy to try some new drinks yeah. I probably will think it will be gross, but then hopefully be delightfully surprised. No, exactly. We thought both <laughs> of those listener ones wouldn't be good, but you they made your top 10. So you never yeah. know. You Pretty never much know. anytime you're rolling in with any kind of brown liquor, I'm not yeah. on board. And then it's like, I'm super pleasantly surprised. Well, we're in like the 130s. So that's a lot of cocktails, new ones <laughs> to make, you know? So it's... We're looking for some fresh ideas, if you will. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right. Are you ready to jump in? Hell yeah. All right. So this story is about Terrell Williams. Okay. Okay. So Terrell is 21 years old and this happened March of 2017. Oh, okay. And this is from the Inside Edition. Hey. And so we are in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Well, Terrell had a normal day at work, and he planned to meet up with his brother afterwards, originally at a boxing gym so they can work out, but they just decided to meet at his brother's house instead. Cool. Mm. Great. Okay. Like to go to the gym later or to just like, now we're just hanging out? Now they're just hanging out. Okay. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Terrell gets off at 3 p.m., and he just heads to uh, Shawi a neighborhood located in Western Louisville. Okay. So Terrell was around the corner from his brother's house, super close, but then he stopped at the convenience store just to get some chips and a drink. Some munchies. I get it. You're off work. Yeah. Or dinner. Cocktail hour. Exactly. Happy hour indeed. Uh, So he was just going to be less than a minute, so he left his car running right outside the door. Hmm. Hmm. Mm, indeed i have never done that i haven't either my whole life absolutely not paranoid yeah same well because he came back and his windshield wipers were moving back and forth and then he looks and there's a man sitting in the driver's seat oh my god my heart would like stop right i know what to do um (laughs) um excuse me that's my car yeah. <laughs> uh so Terrell, uh, he reached for his gun, which he had a permit for, so he it's all legal because he always had it with him because everyone in his neighborhood carried one. You know, that's you gotta protect yeah, yourself for it. sure. So he aimed at the car, but before he could even take a shot, he felt a bullet puncture his chest. Oh, so yeah. shit got real, real fast. Super fast. Yeah. Super fast. So oh dear. what Terrell didn't see was that there were other people with this guy across the street. So they were like the lookout and he didn't even see Oh him. shit. So this was like an operation. Yes. This was so- not just some dude seeing an opportunity and being like, boom, I'm in this car now. 
Yeah, they were watching for sure. So when they saw Terrell pull out his gun, they just started shooting. It was just all out. Hmm. So then another bullet hits his neck and he falls to the ground. Oh, shit. He states, I jumped into survival mode. I picked up my gun and started shooting at the only target I saw, which was my car. So he just started shooting at his car. Wow. Tyrell tried to stand up, but he was unable to. He said his legs felt heavy like bags of water. So the guy behind the wheel, he takes off in his car. But then he doesn't get very far and just crashes into the nearby telephone pole. Oh, Uh, so he was probably hit by something. I probably because then the driver gets out and he just starts shooting at Terrell. My God, and, I'm not going back to Kentucky. I I, I had a good time. Well, he's, yeah, okay. he's just on the ground. He can't get up. He his legs are not working. Oh, Tyrell says that that man didn't want his car anymore. He just wanted him dead. So Tyrell could see the concrete sparks flying as bullets were coming at him from the driver. So he knew oh it was a matter. God. I know. This is like an insane gunfight. Absolutely. So he knew he was about to get hit again because he could see the sparks coming. Oh, this so, is making me very anxious. I know. I'm so sorry. But Tyrell gets shot in the head. The bullet actually had gone through his dreadlocks, hit the pavement, and ricocheted into his chin. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I can't yeah. even imagine what that would be like. In your chin. Oh my God. I couldn't know. Absolutely not. So Terrell, he states, I played dead, didn't move. I waited and waited, and then something clicked. You need to pray because you're about to die. So oh. he prayed. I know. He prayed to God to take care of him and keep him safe. Once the rain of gunfire stopped, Terrell opened his eyes and the shooters were gone. They all just fled. Hmm. But he looked around and realized that he he's still alive. He could see people from the neighborhood coming up to him to come help him. One person even helped him call his brother, thinking it was his last phone call. Oh, Um, my goodness. (laughs) His brother was there in a minute because he was really close anyways, but his brother just ran where he was. Oh, my God. Probably on pure adrenaline. Oh, absolutely. His brother was just reassuring him that he was going to make it. He was going to be okay. I'm surprised he didn't just like pick him up and carry him to the hospital. (laughs) Right. With all that energy. Yeah. Good Lord. Seriously. The, so the ambulance are what? Uh. Oh, Oh, okay. The ambulance arrived and first responders began treating him. He states bullet to the chest, bullet to the neck. Nobody survives that. Some people don't even survive one. So there's no way I'm going to survive this. He began to lose consciousness and everything began to turn black. He also states, I told them, I told them clearly, I think I'm about to go. Y'all, I think I'm about to go. Oh, God. How scary. I know. I often contemplate. I was just thinking, sorry, a little bit of a derailment. I apologize. You know, Toby Keith just recently died. Of course, he saw stomach cancer and... Mm -hmm was watching an interview with them from i don't know several months ago and it's just knowing that you're going to die mm-hmm. like i mean of course we all know we're gonna die at some point but i mean right, but... knowing that you're gonna die within x amount of time i mean yeah. oh like it's how do you deal with just, that 
yeah it's just hard to even wrap your mind around it and mm-hmm. oh, sorry i no you're good i've just you're been good. sort of thinking about my own mortality and same know, girl my gosh uh but responders they insert a chest tube because the bullet that hit him in the chest collapsed his lung and it started to fill with blood oh yeah. oh but this so too probably practically drowning mm-hmm oh my goodness okay he was drowning yes in his own blood oh my gosh yeah Uh, that's not horrific at all no but this blood but this tube shot the blood out and terrell was able to breathe again he says he remembers taking the deepest breath in his life oh god that's like making me want to breathe in and i know right deep breaths everyone Oh. oh my goodness so when the bullet hit his neck it actually hit his spine and paralyzed him right away is that why his legs were not working as he thought oh my goodness yep he was paralyzed from the waist down now he states i was in denial you go from doing something for 21 years running walking jumping doing all this stuff and in a matter of seconds it's just taking away Oh my God. Yeah. I can't even hardly fathom what it would be like, you know, or to lose a limb suddenly, you know, or your hand or, oh my gosh. You have to relearn things. It's just, yeah. Your life is totally different from how you- It's hard to even wrap your mind around it. Absolutely. Yeah. So he began to get to know other people who used wheelchairs, which opened up a world of possibilities and a huge support system. Oh, part of the- Right. Part of that support system was Kaylin Hall. Uh, he got to know him through physical rehabilitation therapy, but they actually met before at Terrell's cousin's funeral, who was killed due to gun violence. Oh, right. The first thing that comes to Tyrell's mind when he sees another black man in a wheelchair is if is if they got shot as well. Oh, you know, right. That's not fun. It just shows the damage gun violence really has on our community, he says. Mm. Uh, But another source of support of Tyrell was someone he met while sharing his story at the University of Louisville trauma survivors event named Whitney Austin. Hmm. (gasps) Wait a minute. This isn't the same Whitney, is it? It is. It's the same one. That bitch was in the hospital for five days my god i know spoiler alert by the way oh oh my gosh i love that you remembered okay i was i was wondering i wasn't gonna say anything but yeah that was last episode we talked about whitney austin well i almost brought her up already and i've been like half listening half debating in my mind whether i should like bring her up and compare her like don't feel bad tyrell you know right hospital for only five days but right whatever right teach their own (laughs) (laughs) yes so he yes he met whitney austin who survived a mass shooting in cincinnati ohio in 2018 so tyrell actually began working with whitney's strong organization to give back to his community and address the gun violence with youth growing up in the similar areas damn it caitlin way to bring it full circle <laughs> i know you know what i had no idea i was actually looking up carjacking like stories and i found his I was like oh wow and then i got to the end and i'm like are you Holy. this looks familiar wait a minute 
it was a weird coincidence it was a weird coincidence that is oh i'm so glad you told it Uh. i know me too i was (laughs) it was perfect but he states we experienced two different kind of gun violence hers mass shooting mine i guess you call it street violence it was amazing that we still experience a lot of the same feelings so we connected on the level that any gunshot survivors can connect on I can use my voice because even though I lost my physical abilities, one thing I did not lose is my voice. Oh, oh, my goodness. My heart is a little fuller here today. I know. So Terrell is actually a member of the Whitney Strong board. He's a board member. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. He currently works. I'm sorry that they ended up there. Right. That sucks, but the fact that such positivity can come out of out of tragic Mm -hmm. incredible so he currently works at the youth violence prevention research center which is which is a u of l based program funded by the center for disease and control and prevention he is also pursuing a bachelor's of science degree in business and administration with a focus in accountancy and in his spare time he enjoys spending time with family and friends, even driving, watching sports, and interacting with his community. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So I looked up the Whitney Strong organization again, the website, and there he is. He's on the board, and his picture. (laughs) It's just, I just, it was just so great. That's crazy. That is. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Right? Like, oh. (laughs) so awesome so again like you can't go trolling her board members looking for survivors caitlin my god (laughs) that's pretty funny i know i could have i really could (laughs) have my goodness oh the whole series the whitney strong series (laughs) the whitney strong series yeah (laughs) oh too funny but so that was amazing three i mean a shot to the chest a shot to the face a shot to the neck like those are the major points you know those are major things so surviving that is amazing and for him to come out even stronger and you know finding a way to reach to his community amazing 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 Yeah. yeah just to come out of that you know in some ways diminished but in more ways more Mm -hmm. I guess I don't know like way to just move beyond it and Mm. you know just I don't know touch more people yeah (laughs) I guess no absolutely I don't even know but sharing your story you know something tragic happened to you that didn't stop you and you can help other people before that even happens so I think that's amazing it sucks but if you turn it into something you know like that that's amazing I'm gonna stop saying amazing. My gosh! Uh, amazing, amazing, amazing. <laughs> crying. Oh, oh, so, good times. Yes. Well, all right, Michelle. Maybe good times isn't the right word. I apologize. Well, maybe. the podcast is a good time. It has a happy the podcast ending. Is always a good time. Always a good time. Always a good time. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm taking us to Australia. Ooh. You know my favorite country on earth. That's right. Oh, the one I never want to visit because it seems too scary. Ah, it's fine. Yeah. This one, it's not Australia's fault. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay. I see. So I'm taking us to November 2016. And this story is about Christopher Jones. Love it. So uh, 
Christopher Jones is sitting in a Cessna 182 with a dozen or so other trainee skydivers. Ooh, I thought you were talking about a car for a second. I had no idea. Hell no, not today. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Should I maybe have not gotten another drink over the break? Perhaps not, but fuck it. We're going for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher. All right. So they're flying over the Australian countryside, and it's shortly after 4 p.m. that day, and this will be Christopher's fifth jump. So Christopher is part of sort of an accelerated free fall training program, and this will be actually his first solo jump. Ooh, scary. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? I have never had the urge to jump out of a plane. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I would do skydiving, but if I had someone attached to me, so I don't have to do anything, I just get to like, wee, you know? Yeah, I just like... (laughs) I realize that I probably sound like such a pussy, like in every single, <laughs> never want to leave the house. I don't want to exercise. And it seems like adventure is just not for me. <laughs> like, I'm more interested in good food, good wine, you know, yeah. friends and family at my home. Oh Lord. Yeah. I'm, I'm not impressed with myself. I gotta be No, honest. no. You just know what you like and that's great. You know yourself, yeah. Michelle. So what if I want to puzzle for three hours a day? We don't need to get into it. <laughs> oh, kill me. Okay. Back to Christopher. So on his accelerated free fall training program, which I would never be a part of. So again, this is his first time jumping solo. So he will not be tethered to an instructor. So this is a clear, crisp November morning, and Christopher, who is in fact 22, sort of goes over the procedure in his mind. His heart is racing, but he's confident and he's ready for his first solo jump. He's telling himself to stay calm, and he's sort of sitting in the back of the plane, you know, mentally ticking off the things that he's going to need to do. So just after the plane reaches 12,000 feet, a green light starts to flash. And so that's the signal from the pilot that they have been given the okay to to jump. (laughs) To proceed with the jump. Yeah. And though Christopher will be managing the parachute by himself, he actually won't be alone. There's another veteran parachutist, Sheldon McFarlane who has like 25 years and like 10,000 jumps under his belt. Wow. So, I mean, this guy like jumping out of the plane probably three times a day or some shit. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he knows what he's doing, you know? So, so even though it's Christopher's first solo jump, he's in good hands still. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I'd feel, I feel okay then having someone else with that experience with me. Yeah. You know, so he's still going to be observed. So. Sheldon slides open the plane side door and motions for Christopher to sort of get in the ready position near the door. He's going to be like the next one to go. Mm. So even though he's got a helmet, goggles, his jumpsuit and two parachutes, his main parachute and his reserve parachute, Christopher sort of winces as the cold air just like hits his face. It's November. It's kind of cold. So the whipping wind is noisy that he can't really hear anything. 
he's nervous, but he's focused on what Sheldon is doing and what he's telling him. So Christopher gets up to the door, sort of gets into position. He's holding tightly onto the rail just above him, just above the open door to sort of brace himself. And he sort of begins his free jump sort of ritual, what he does. He gives uh, Sheldon the thumbs up, indicating that he's ready to jump. Sheldon gives him the thumbs up back, indicating that you're good to jump. And so fighting the strong winds that are sort of like hitting him in the face, he looks down and he sees this, you know, of course, beautiful Australian countryside mm. that I'm sure is gorgeous and probably teeming with things that are going to kill you. <laughs> and in the in the distance, he sees the bright blue Indian Ocean, which is probably teeming with even more things that would kill you even faster. That's fair. And so Sky, he shouts and he sort of indicating that he knows in which direction to jump and that he's gotten his balance. So I guess that's maybe a skydiving thing. I don't sure. know. Maybe skydivers will be like, yeah, that is a thing. Anyway, Sky, he shouts. Sheldon gives him another thumbs up and sort of off he goes. So we're going to take a pause. Okay. And so this jump on this day is the culmination of a lifelong dream for Christopher. So he fell in love with flying like as a small kid going out on his uncle's plane and sort of he decided back then that he would he really wanted to become a pilot. But unfortunately, at age 12, he got diagnosed with epilepsy. Oh, and so they the condition would prevent him from ever getting a pilot's license. That's too bad. So that, of course, devastated him. And so he ended up uh, deciding to kind of maybe get into free or to get into skydiving. And so he did a tandem jump with an instructor in Europe, and he just completely fell in love with the with the sport. Free falling through the sky was exhilarating, almost like flying. He was hooked. Aww. So he told his parents, if I can't fly a plane, I'll jump out of one instead. <laughs> there we go. I know. Well done. So as a rule, uh, people with epilepsy are actually not allowed to skydive alone. Oh. But Christopher had not had a seizure in over six years. And okay. so his doctor sort of signed him off that you're you're good to go. You're healthy enough to. At this point, you know, he had had several skydives, no incidents, no problem. Okay. Um, and so he was he was OK to do the solo jump. Interesting. So he, of course, uh, went through the WA Skydiving Academy where he was doing this skydiving class. And he was the star pupil. I mean, he like was ready to go. He did his tandem jumps very well. They all went off without a hitch. So everyone agreed that he was ready for the solo jump. So he's about to jump out of the plane on this day. And... All told, the jump should take two minutes. So him from leaving the plane until he lands on the ground 12,000 feet below. Okay. So this is how it went. <laughs> so 12,000 feet, we're still on the plane. So as he prepares to jump, he sort of stumbles a little bit. Mm. So instead of jumping out of the plane with all confidence, he sort of 
missteps and essentially sort of slips out of the plane oh gosh so it's like oh shit but it's a bit messy but sheldon you know our veteran parachuter was like this is okay it's you know it's not unheard of for you know people you know still inexperienced to kind of stumble out of the plane okay so they weren't too worried about it so christopher was able to sort of get his balance and orientation and is able to get his back towards the sky and so now he's in the proper position as he's skydiving which is belly towards the ground sort of your feet and legs out and so he's able to have a little bit more maneuverability as he's okay plummeting towards the ground yeah okay okay (laughs) diving for the ground i should say so just seconds behind Christopher, Sheldon jumps out and he's able to see, of course, that he has recovered from the clumsy exit. He's free falling in the perfect box man, as I said, the sort of belly towards the ground, feet and legs out. And so now both Sheldon and Christopher are free falling. Yeah. And they'll continue to plunge towards the earth, as I like to say without their shoots until they reach 5,000 feet. And then at 5,000 feet, that's when they, you know, deploy the parachutes. How do they know? Uh, I think they have meters. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because it, like an alarm goes off later. Gotcha. Dun, 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 oh. Uh. Oh. <laughs> so, oh. Uh, yeah. So Sheldon points to the uh, altimeter on his wrist. I probably said that wrong altimeter on his wrist so it's showing them how high up they are gotcha so they have you know stuff to help them so they give each other the thumbs up and they're both continuing to go so now we're at nine thousand feet okay so sheldon signals christopher to begin an aerial left-hand turn so they can start heading towards where they're supposed to land i guess there's sort of a pre-designated landing spot Christopher starts to make the turn, but then stops and is sort of buffeted to the right. So it's almost like he's making a right-hand turn instead of the left-hand turn like he was supposed to. And so Sheldon is like, that's not good. And Christopher's just continuing to drift to the right. And so Sheldon is like, what the hell is this guy doing? This isn't Uh what we're supposed to be doing. So now we're at 8,000 feet. And Christopher has still not corrected his missed left turn. So Mm. he's still sort of just free following and not following any commands that Sheldon is trying to send to him. And so Sheldon is like, oh shit, there's something wrong. Then Christopher's knees sort of come up to his chest and he flips over like a turtle so he's now got his back towards the ground oh my gosh with his hand and legs sort of like almost fetal position just falling straight towards the <gasps> ground. and so sheldon is thinking okay christopher come on man it's time for you to turn over right yourself you know and i'm sure he's trying to yell to him and things but i mean what are you gonna do yeah you're, you're free you're falling sky, you're falling through the ground or, yeah you know, like oh so seven thousand feet (gasps) christopher is continuing to fall and now he's spinning just helplessly on his back 
And Sheldon has seen other first timers suffer from sensory overload and become incapacitated. Like it's just too much for, you know, them to take in as they're, you know, free falling towards the earth. Yeah. Um, and so he thinks this is what Christopher is maybe what he's experiencing, like what's going on with him. And usually this only occurs on like a skydiver's very first jump, tandem jumping, the whole thing. Uh Usually by the time you get to the point where you can solo jump, like this isn't even a concern anymore. Interesting. Because you jump several times, so you're not really worried about sensory overload. Right. So, but he's thinking maybe because this is his first solo jump, the stakes are higher, that maybe there was more stress you know, in this particular jump for Christopher. And maybe that's what happened. Uh-huh. So he's just like thinking and shouting out loud. Come on, Christopher. Come on, Christopher. Like, write yourself. Like, yeah. come to and, you know, figure this shit out. What Sheldon did not realize at the time is that Christopher had epilepsy and that he is actually suffering a seizure and has completely blocked oh, Of at course. The- he's unconscious. He's unable to open his parachute and he's falling as fast as a speeding car as like a speeding race car to the ground below. Right. So he's just falling fast and 6,000 feet. Christopher is continuing to plummet and he's spinning and spiraling out of control with now his head pointed downward. (gasps) It probably like helps speed him up even oh my gosh and so sheldon knows that he's got to act fast like obviously something has gone terribly wrong we need to get to christopher and help him although christopher has a automatic activation device which will automatically open his main parachute at two thousand feet he realized that it would not give Christopher enough time to regain control after the parachute opened. So he needed to get to him before the 2000 feet. So he had time to, you know, kind of get remaneuvered and okay. then land. Right. And, you know, Sheldon also knows that those devices occasionally fail. Mm. So he just needs to get to him. So now Sheldon is like, beep, 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 beep. His altimeter is beginning to beep at him signaling it's time to open because now we're at 5,000 feet. Oh my gosh. He ignores it and he makes the decision to sort of dive towards Christopher. So he's going to try to pick up speed and get to Christopher. And the plan is to grab him and then to open his parachute. Okay. That's a good plan. More like a tandem jump. So he sort of lifts his chin up. And he swoops his arm back, which is a way to sort of speed yourself up. Mm -hmm. And he just, it's like a super risky maneuver, especially when you're at 5,000 feet. And he just speeds towards Christopher to just try to get to him as fast as he can. Good, good, good. Sort of the problem with this maneuver is it can sometimes ends up making it so when the chutes go off, the parachutes go off, they become entangled. Because you hit someone who's spinning, I don't know. Essentially, mm. worst case scenario, everyone could get caught in the parachute and then they just plummet to their desk because they can't get out of it. Woo! So it's just not good. And then Sheldon realizes that he is coming in way too fast. 
Oh, he's getting to Christopher and he's just going to crash into him pretty much. Oh, no. Or that Christopher might all of a sudden come to and pull his ripcord because he realized what time it is or, you know, what, I don't know, height it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What time it is? Yeah, for sure. It's time to, yeah. It's time to get that shit ripped is all I'm saying. (laughs) So he ends up aborting the dive towards Christopher halfway through. Because he oh. realized he's going in too fast and it might just mean even more peril for both of them if he continues. Oh no, okay. So now they're at 4,500 feet and Sheldon's altimeter is just alarming and going beep, 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 yeah. like now. So Sheldon sort of does this technique called flaring, which is he pulls on both toggles of his chute. His chute is not out yet, but it, I think it, sort of slows him down somehow i'm not sure i i apologize i should you good. figure out what this is but anyway we'll just continue on the long story short is he's running out of time to deploy his own parachute right he has not gotten to christopher so even highly skilled skydivers don't open their chutes lower than two thousand feet and yeah. so It'll just be 14 seconds until Sheldon reaches 2,000 feet. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's like, ah. Sheldon decides he's going to try to dive one more time to Christopher. Mm -hmm. And this time, his plan is to essentially just get in, grab his harness, and then try to pull his ripcord and then sort of release him so he can pull his own ripcord. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he swoops in like Superman and does in fact manage to grab his harness. And so both of both of them just end up sort of rolling sideways together as mm. they're falling. But he knows it's crucial for them to sort of get back into the proper position before he can pull that cord. Right. You know, facing downward or some craziness, I'm presuming. Mm-hmm. And so holding tightly onto the harness with his right hand, Sheldon is able to use his left hand to grab the parachute handle. And it's sort of in the meantime, once they're sort of falling in the right direction, he pulls it. Okay. So they sort of- He saw an opportunity and he took it. Yeah, he took it, just ripped that cord. And so now Christopher is still like- unconscious but now he's sort of swinging a little more gently as his big parachute has deployed okay okay so now we're down to four thousand feet and now it's time for sheldon to pull his own ripcord so he sort of does a few maneuvers speeds up a little bit and then pulls his cord so now during any jump there is an instructor that is stationed on the ground to sort of watch everything that's going on. They're watching the jumpers, they're watching the instructors, and they also can radio commands to the jumpers as they're coming down. Okay. And today's safety instructor is Donna Cook, and she had been radioing Christopher like crazy, trying to, you know, tell him what to do. You need to turn left, you know. Mm-hmm fun stuff that Sheldon's already been trying this whole time. And so when she sees that his chute has opened, she's super relieved. And she's like, oh, way to go. And she's, you know, radioing him, good job. 
But then she realizes that he's still drifting far off course and she's not getting any response. And so she just keeps on radioing him. Keep yourself upwind of the target. Turn right. And but Christopher is still drifting further Mm -hmm. and further away from the drop zone. And so Donna realizes that, of course, something is seriously wrong. So at thirty five hundred feet, Donna watches Christopher fly further and further off course. So she figures he's probably blacked out or has become incoherent. Right. Or maybe his radio has failed. Like she's not, you know, she's coming up with all these things that could have gone wrong. But whatever the problem is, Christopher is not answering any of her commands, even though she's continuing to guide him. And she's like, turn right, turn right, turn right. So at 3,000 feet, slumped over the parachute, Christopher regains consciousness. Wow. All of a sudden, he wakes up. He feels like he is waking up from a deep sleep. But as he comes to, he sees that the ground is coming closer and closer to him. Gosh, what a scary thing to wake up to. Like, oh, yeah, I'm falling from the sky. Oh, shit. I'm skydiving right now. Oh, my gosh. So he lifts his head and he is amazed to discover that he's drifting down under an open parachute and not careening down like he was shortly before. And so he's like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah, right. He realizes he he had blacked out, but his skydiving training kicks in. He checks his altimeter, which reads 3,000 feet. The last time he remembered checking it was at 9,000 feet. So he's free fell unconscious for 6,000 feet. So scary. I know. Oh, so he's realizing I got to act fast. So he's checking the canopy. He's checking to see, you know, kind of if his parachute is looking good, if the lines are twisted, everything's looking good. He needs to orient himself. So now he is looking for the drop zone. And he sees the white fabric arrow like way far off to the west. And before he can sort of run through the landing procedures, he hears the radio in his helmet like, Chris, Chris, you're why, you know, you need to head toward the ocean at this point. You're too far away from the drop zone. Mm. And so steer to your right. And so he sees this sort of far off course and he tugs hard on his handles that you tug on i don't know what they're called great handles (laughs) fortunately the wind helped carry him and he was able to sort of get closer to the drop zone um which i think is like now at the radio oh no it says turn your back on the ocean i don't understand the first one was fly towards the ocean and now he's got to turn the back on his you know, but Donna's giving him instructions, telling him what to do. And so 2000 feet, he's kind of getting closer at a thousand feet. Sheldon, who's already landed, I'm sure amazingly, you know, probably <laughs> graceful and everything. Yeah. Probably didn't have to like follow his knees, even just sort of like runs and his parachute sort of packs on up and back into his pack. <laughs> oh, Lord. So he goes to Donna and he was like, this is one of the worst stage five jumps I have ever seen. He still has no idea that Christopher had a seizure, 
And actually, to this day, they don't know why he had a seizure. Oh, interesting. Uh, he went to the doctors. They're thinking maybe it was a lack of oxygen due to the high altitude and the stress of the jump. That's mm. really like all they could figure out. Interesting. But Donna uh, keeps on sort of telling Christopher how to get to where he needs to go. Good, good. So now we're at 300 feet. And Christopher is preparing to land. So he nears the ground and he mentally sort of runs through the stages that he needs to do to touch down safely. And so just like a veteran skydiver, he flares his chute moments before he hits the ground. And then he hits the ground running and it was a perfect landing. Wow. So Donna is like still on that radio. And after uh, Christopher executed a faultless two point landing and begins gathering up his chute, uh, she's close to tears. <laughs> time for her. Absolutely. Like, Great. Good job, Christopher. And so the first thing Christopher did upon landing is to go up to Sheldon and hug him tightly and say, thank you very much. You just saved my life. And then, of course, he explained that he probably just had an epileptic seizure. And that's what happened. For his quick thinking and courageous actions, Sheldon McFarlane was awarded the Gold Cross from the Royal Life Saving Society uh, in Western Australia. Although Christopher has not had a seizure since, he says his skydiving days are over. Oh, <laughs> Which That's I unfortunate. Get. Yeah, which is unfortunate. But yeah, I totally get that. That's fair. I mean. That's scary yeah. shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you would have done. It's like Sheldon. Th- yeah, he deserves that award. My goodness. Very oh. fast thinking. And well, he and saved a life. No control over whether you're going to have a seizure or not. You know, it's not something yeah. you can't anticipate. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to extra hydrate. So I don't need to worry about seizures. I mean, yeah. that's not really something you can do (laughs) no absolutely no absolutely wow that's so scary yeah oh i couldn't Uh, no i mean at least for his part of it he was blacked out so (laughs) i yeah and he woke up he's like oh no and then got guided but she'll like this guy's gonna die yeah yeah i can't even imagine that feeling of waking up after being blacked out and you were still skydiving yeah (laughs) yeah oh fuck that wow that's amazing okay well i mean this is this is why you stay home michelle this (laughs) i know thank you yes you probably got bit by a spider the like the second he landed anyway (laughs) and that spider was probably like 12 inches in diameter or some shit so probably 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 wow (laughs) i love that story that was great wow Uh all right everyone we hope that you enjoyed this episode and uh take a look at michelle's top 10 drinks check them out Mm. and uh let us know if you have any more suggestions and we'll see you guys on the next episode yeah hell yeah Woo! Boom. All right. See you guys later. (laughs) Goodbye.